are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Yes, you are here for a reason. Welcome to Right On Radio, the Sunday program. We got a great one for you today. We're going to find out about our calling in Christ. Everyone wants to know what our calling is, right? Well, I think that the uh, the Apostle Paul makes a pretty good case for what it is. And just a thought as I was running that intro, some of you might be asking, you know, why do I run an intro about news on the Sunday program? Well, this is the good news. So, and by the way, uh, this is the, the Word of God is probably more relevant today than it has been in the past. So uh, this is the good news and uh, good news for us, bad news for the bad guys. Hey, let's uh, start out with a worship song. And this is one I just discovered and I just I, I feel the Lord put it on my heart. I don't even know the song that well, uh, but I trust the artists and I think you're going to be blessed by it. Uh, I know I'm going to get a copyright thing on this channel because of it. But I think it's going to be worth it. So we'll uh, play this video and then come back and pray. All right, here we go. of peace where hatred hurts let kindness bring relief lord make us channels of your love and peace make us instruments of peace if some despair hope will help us breathe lord make us channels of your love and peace Thank you. 
make us instruments of peace injustice wounds forgiveness heals lord make us channels of your love and peace That was called Instruments of Peace by Brian Dirksen. Really, really like his music. Uh, it's a really good heart for God. And how appropriate of a song for today. Uh, the Lord is good. Let's give me a moment. I need to change a couple settings on my computer. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you on this beautiful day that you've created. Lord, and just as the song says, make us instruments of your peace. Lord, as we go through this chapter written by your Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul, Lord, I pray that we get a true understanding of the words that you have given us. Your words bring life, Lord. And Lord, we want more of your life. We want more of you. We want to extend your love throughout this world. Lord, expand our tents. Will you trust us with new people? Will you trust us to be living examples of Christ inside of us? representing your kingdom. May it be on earth as it is in heaven, as we bring glory to the Father through Christ via the Holy Spirit. Bless the reading of your word. I, have, I give the Holy Spirit permission to speak through me, correct me, and Lord, guide me that your instruction will be clear. Bless everyone in the audience, Lord. Bless everyone in this community. 
I pray for their health. I pray for their provision. I pray, pray for their deep faith in knowing that you are the one who supplies all their needs. And they don't have to worry about tomorrow because today has enough of its own worries. And Lord, to cast those worries upon you. For the burden is heavy, but your yoke is light, Lord. I pray in the name of my Savior, Yahuwah, the Christ, born in Nazareth, who died on the cross for the remissance of our sins. Amen. Well, hey, can I do something different? Before we get into the seriousness of all these scriptures and everything else, I heard a little joke this morning, and I thought you might appreciate it. Um, yes, it's the theology is all wrong. I get it. It's just a joke, folks. But I thought it had a little bit of humor to it. And uh, it's one of these ones with St. Peter at the gate, you know, if you're familiar with one of these. So uh, this guy dies, he goes to heaven, and as he approaches the gates, you know, St. Peter's standing there, and St. Peter says, well, you know, because we want to keep the peace, I'm ad-libbing here a little bit, in heaven, uh, we want to make sure that everyone kind of has at least a basic IQ, you know, um, so that there's harmony throughout the land. <laughs> All this is, it's almost blasphemy. But uh, so St. Peter says to the man, I'm going to ask you three questions. And the first one is, how many days of the week start with the letter T? The man thinks for a second, he goes, oh, that's easy, two. And Peter says, okay, well, what are they? He goes, today and tomorrow. St. Peter thinks about it, he goes, well, I guess technically you're not wrong, so let's move on past that one. He gives them the second question. How many seconds are in a year? The man comes out with the answer right away. Oh, there's 12 seconds. And Peter looks at him, he goes, you got to be kidding. You're saying there's only 12 seconds in a year? And the man says, well, January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd. Peter goes, okay, I get it. I get it. The final question that'll allow me to open up the gates. What is the name of our God? A man without hesitation says, it's Howard. Peter looks at him, you know, oh, Howard? Where do you get that? He goes, man, it's in the Bible. You should know that. Peter goes, excuse me, where do you find that in the Bible? The man goes, man, I quote scriptures better than you. Our Father, Howard be thy name. <laughs> Peter opens up the gate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, Brad liked it. Brad and I are on the same uh, level of <laughs> maturity, I think. <laughs> uh, well, blessings, everyone.
Uh, we're starting Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were also called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives to the captives, and he gave gifts to the people. Now this expression, he ascended, what it mean, except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, the measure of his stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness in deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are to no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluding from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart 
And they, having become callous, having given themselves up to indecent behavior for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to be put on the shelf new self, which is the likeness of God, and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. The one who steals must no longer steal, but rather he must labor, producing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there is any good word for the edification according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Amen. Oh, what a what a wonderful book to the Ephesians. To you and I. Um, I have a bit of a confession at the beginning of this chapter. I, uh, upon, you know, initial reading of it, this is one of those chapters that I, I actually just wanted to breeze through it. I'm just going to do one. I'll just do the one chapter today. We'll just cover it. You know, we'll get through four, then we'll go into five, we'll go into six. <clears throat> but I don't believe the Lord is going to allow me to do that. Um, the reason I wanted to just blow through it is because there's some personal conviction in this. And, uh, Man, I don't like it when I read the Word of God and I found my I find myself wanting. Uh, that happens often, by the way. There's a lot of conviction in this, 
you know, for many years, anger was a good way to solve problems. And being born a, a guy of pretty large stature, you know, uh, 6'2", 260 pounds, I could use intimidation and get what I wanted. I could do all kinds of things. I have a louder voice. If you're shouting at me, I can shout you down. I'm clever. I'm a great debater. And these are all my natural things that I relied on before Christ. And I still tend to, to go to the, that, uh, that well of flesh from time to time. But there is so much richness and there is such a release when we can actually abide in him as we are instructed to do. And we won't get through this chapter and just having said all of that about the convictions, and I'm sure some of you feel those things as well. You see the error in your ways probably in the last couple days. Here is the beautiful thing, and it's a bit of a spoiler alert for this entire chapter. You can't do it. It's only by the Holy Spirit that these can be done. So the heavy lifting isn't on you or I. And we don't make excuses because we, we can never justify sin. We can never justify it. And God won't justify it for us either. I don't think. But we are to love each other. And if this is if the first three chapters are who we are in Christ and then chapters 4 5 and 6 in the book of Ephesians are how to walk out how to live this is the first part of that and it starts off with a bang because it talks about our calling lord what did you call me for what am i to do and we're not even going to get to the, to the five-fold ministry part today. We're not even going to get there. But your calling is right here in the first few verses. And I want to take some time and talk about it. So therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, and we know he was writing from Roman prison, and he says, you know, he doesn't give the authority to the Romans, he gives the authority to the Lord. It's the Lord's will that I'm in here. And actually the gospel's spreading, spreading faster because Paul is in prison. And he says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy. Oh, there's conviction right there of the calling which you have been called. So again, you are not worthy. I am not worthy. None of us are worthy. 
we're only made worthy when we become born again and the Holy Spirit enters us. The Holy Spirit is worthy. And then it says this, of the calling with which you have been called. So that isn't really a debatable sentence. He's saying there's a calling in which you have been called. But brother, sister, I don't know what my calling is. Well, he's about to tell you. There, you have a calling. You would not be born again. You would not be filled with his Holy Spirit unless you had a call on your life. Oh, but it can't be me. I'm just a, you know, a, a widow or I'm broke. Don't let your circumstances interfere and hinder what your calling is. The Lord God knows exactly where you are. And he's saying, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be sleeping on your mother's couch because you were evicted. You, everyone could have all kinds of circumstances. But it's saying here to you that there is a calling in which you have been called. And then there's a whole bunch of traits that describes... Parts of that calling. So the first one is with all humility. What does humility mean? What does humility mean to you? I see a lot of this. Yes, I'm just a lowly servant of the Lord. I only do what he does. I am meek. I do not chase after money. I do not. Do, that's a false humility, in my opinion. Humility is to understand that compared to the Lord, we are unworthy. This is just my understanding. Uh, correct me if you think of something else. But I think it's really the humility knowing that we're just made of dust, folks. God, the creator, he is the one. So I, when I see the word humility, I compare, how am I doing as Jesus' representative? Well, I'd better be pretty humble. Not a false humility. Just knowing who I am in comparison with my God. So that's humility. And gentleness. How quickly are we to react to things? Oh, I know this message is for the Right On Radio community today, folks. <laughs> I know this message is for us. What does it mean to have gentleness? 
I don't know. If someone strikes at you, does that mean you strike back? If someone offends you, should we offend them back? What is gentleness? Okay, well, no one's correcting me in chat so far <laughs> from what I can see. Here's the one that... Uh, I have a particular problem with, but I'm working on it. And you, and listen, anyone who knows me, even from the beginning days of this broadcast has seen me grow in this area. Patience. So what is patience? Well, if you're reading the King James version, it probably says long suffering. So, we are called, our calling that we have been called, we are to be called to have humility, to have gentleness, to have long suffering. When was the last time we've had long suffering when someone disagrees with your point of view? I, I can tell you, listen, um, <laughs> Thursday when I was going to record uh, the uh, the episode that, that I did on mass deception, you probably didn't notice this, but I was so revved up and I had this presentation just spot on. I was ready to give a pretty slick performance, if you will. And literally just as I was about to hit record and I had been going through it for hours beforehand, my daughter called me and we immediately got into a theological discussion and I thought, where is this doctrine you were speaking coming of? I got angry with her. She's going, Dad, why are you angry? Because I taught you better. You take it out on those who you love the most. And it's because of my love for her that I said that. And, you know, I didn't react properly. And anyone who's married knows about long-suffering. How hard is it, you know, when you're married or when you have someone who's very close to you, even your children, sometimes you take things out of them because they're the closest to you. It's human. You're probably never going to completely stop. But when someone does that, when, when my wife does that to me, and yes, she does. <laughs> oh, yes, she does. Am I able to not strike back? Am I able to have long suffering and bearing with one another in love? Verse three, being diligent to keep the unity 
of the spirit in the bond of peace. So being diligent means actively pursuing it. Being actively pursuing the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I'm just going to call it out, folks. <laughs> Someone in our chat group should be having some conviction here. I'm not naming names. In fact, I'm not even pointing to one person. Several people. I'm not counting myself out of that. But are you actively pursuing unity of the spirit? If someone corrects me, and actually there, there was a, a different point of view even on the scriptures that I presented on Thursday, and when it was presented, it wasn't like I was offended. Uh, by the way, I'm the reason I'm getting really good at this patience thing <laughs> and long-suffering, some of you read some of the comments that come in against me. I'm called all kinds of names. There's, I get, I get hate mail. Are they acting in the uh, unity of the spirit? And some people are just passionate. They see the scriptures differently. That's okay. Do it in love. Verse four. There is one body and one spirit. What is the body? What is the body? Is it the church? No, I don't think so. I'm going to go out on a limb here. But the church is not the body. Because the church should have some unsaved people taking part so they're with the body. The body is the born-again believers in Christ Jesus. I don't even know if I have to make that distinction there. But there's one body. Um, <laughs> what's really interesting about this statement is, um, you know, nowhere in the word of God do I find that uh, you should be a Baptist or you should be a Pentecostal. You should be of this assemblies of God. You should be of this. There's one body. Why do we have denominations? It's one <clears throat> set of scriptures, or it should be. A couple of these uh, denominations have some alterations to the book. Doesn't matter what color you are, 
what country you're in. We are all one body as born-again believers. And I think that denominations have just separated us. One denomination doesn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, then it's, and they're saying that they're no longer there. I know that a lot of people believe that. But if you really read the Word of God, it doesn't say that anywhere. It does not say, thence, henceforth, the gifts of the Spirit will be eradicated from the earth in 90 AD. As I mentioned on Thursday, that that would be like a cruel joke on us. But denominations have differences, and denominations will argue with each other. And I think it's okay to debate the word of God. Iron sharpens iron. But let's <laughs> be one body, and there's one spirit. That's the spirit that entered you upon your time of salvation. It's the same spirit for my sisters in Singapore as it is for me where I am, as it is for you in the southern states, as it is for you in South America, in Africa, in Australia. It's one spirit. We are one body. Are we being diligent about unity in the spirit? It's certainly on my heart. Just as you were also called in one hope of your calling. Oh, but I have many hopes. I hope for you know, more provision in my life, Lord. I hope that I'll have great health. I hope that, you know, my sister will do well. Those things are fine. But it actually just says, in one hope of your calling. And I think that's, you know, where Paul says, you know, that I've actually done my job. I've run my course. I've adhered to the calling of God. Are we truly set apart? Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. In fact, the kingdom of this world that was built by man's hands is so distasteful to the Lord that he's going to bring down his own kingdom. He's manufacturing it up in the third heaven. He's actually manufacturing. He's given us dimensions. It's going to be 1,500 miles square. He's going to bring it down from heaven and set it on earth. No human hands have built this. That's how much distaste he has for the things in this kingdom. This kingdom is not his. He rules over it. Make no mistake. The devil does not have a leg up on the Lord. He rules over it, but man gave the devil permission. Man chose sin. 
we were born into sin because of Adam and Eve and because of every generation that predates us. And we carry on the tradition of sin through our kids. But we want to be worthy of the calling in which we were called. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I want to tell you why this is so important. You know, right now I'm doing a series called Mass Deception. And I'm going to be going after some false doctrine out there because it's a great deception and it's meant to hurt the body. Okay? It's meant to hurt the body. It's malicious. So even though these people come across as ministers, and maybe they're not doing it on purpose. Maybe they're just repeating what someone had told them and they believe it and they didn't search the scriptures by themselves. They were not the Bereans. But the doctrine they're teaching is not of my Lord. There's only one Lord, but there is another Jesus, and that's whom they preach. As I mentioned, all I'm going to mention it consistently, every single book of the New Testament, with the exception of Philemon, warns us against false teachers, false prophets, and Jesus says, many will come in my name saying, I am Messiah, I am God. A lot of people say that's the new age philosophy. No, it's very ancient age. Goes right back thousands of years to Egypt. And even before. But there's one Lord that rules over all. And that's whom you and I serve. There's only one faith. So when people say, well, I'm part of the Catholic faith, or I'm part of the Protestant faith, or the Mormon faith, no, there's one faith, and I don't put a name before it other than it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the one faith. And there is one baptism. Oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I had a sprinkle put on my forehead. No, that's not the baptism. Baptism you need to do as free will and free choice. And by the way, I had a really interesting call this week, there was a, a pastor from Colorado. His name is Scott. He called me and he was getting into a lot of detail on baptism. And I haven't done the study yet, Scott. Uh, however, uh, he brought up some really interesting points about baptism that I want to be the Berean and not take his word for it, but I want to search out those things. So I'm going to lead by example. When I say be the Berean, I want to do that. 
as an example for you. But the one baptism, when you think, though, there was uh, John the Baptist had a baptism of repentance. And, of course, Jesus had the baptism, which was, you know, the full, full submersion. And then, you know, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if there's three types of baptisms, and I'm just doing a cursory view, and maybe there's more, I don't know. But I think what they're talking about here really is, to me, baptism, and as Scott alluded to, the pastor, there's much more to it. But, you know, my understanding of scriptures to this date is the baptism is the witness to the world where you completely go underwater, you immerse yourself and you come out and it's really done as a witness. And sometimes God will meet you right then and there and fill you up. And some people get gifts and stuff like that. Not all people, though God gives out to whom he wants to at every good measure. And, and people might say, well, I wanted that. Well, maybe it's not right for you at that moment. Maybe God knows that one of these gifts might actually do more harm to you. Who knows? God knows. And there is one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. That sounds complicated, but it makes perfect coherent sense. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Praise the Lord. I'm, uh, I'm going to leave it there because we start to get into a different topic, which we'll cover next week. Um, oh, thank you, Lord. I, thank you for the uh, wonderful comments. Well, I'm going to leave it there for today. Uh, I've got a great guest coming on uh, Tuesday. So uh, please join Tuesday, and then the uh, the series will continue on Thursday, and there might even be one or two shows in between uh, that I'm doing. I'm going to get back to doing some Podbean Lives. I know a lot of you really, really like those, and I do too. They're actually my favorite shows in many ways to do. Um, and I love the call-in feature and stuff like that where... Uh, everyone who's called in so far has just been so great and so wise. But brothers and sisters in this right on radio community, think of if someone who is brand new to the faith checked us out, they heard this particular message, and then they went into our chat channel and were yelling at each other through text because... Someone doesn't like a prophet that I like. Let's not be childish about this. Let's work on the unity of the spirit. 
and walk in the calling for which we are called. It's my prayer for you and for everyone. And it's funny, we uh, we had a couple days of that and the chat was really, really great for a couple days this week. Like really great uh, edification of each other, lifting up some great wisdom. Um, please leave a comment and uh, and hit the thumbs up if you don't mind. That would be certainly appreciated. And until next time, remember, love your God before and above all else. Love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.